This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Conversations on life, style, beauty, and relationships. It's the Velvet's Edge podcast with Kelly Henderson. The people are going to be like, what are they talking about to start? But but tell them what you were just telling me. Let's dive right in. Mm-hmm. I'm Kevin Griffin. Um, <laughs> no. um, the Velvet's Edge. And I was just saying that Velvet's, Ed- Velvet's Edge sounds rather provocative because it's the mm-hmm. softness of velvet, but the edginess of what's beyond. You know, it sounds uh, kind of um, thought-provoking. And Velvet's Edge, I thought could sound like a, uh, one of those old, uh, on Showtime, back in the 90s, uh, <laughs> there was a show uh, that was hosted by David Duchovny before he did The X-Files. And he was this roguish kind of uh, commentator, narrator, and he would introduce these stories of love gone wrong, and it was always just on the on the edge of soft porn. It was it was uh-huh. so, it wasn't that bad, but it was they were called the Red Shoe Diaries, and they became the punchline of jokes on SNL and late night com late night shows like Conan O'Brien. So I think that Velvet's Edge could be. Look, I'm just saying, Kelly, you know, as the <laughs> As the podcast explodes and, and becomes mm-hmm. you know bigger than Joe Rogan, you mm-hmm, know mm-hmm. next you need to take it into you know the video realm with maybe a Netflix series, and I'll I'll help you curate uh, that. Oh well, I mean, okay, yes, let's do That's that. That's how we start. Well, I hate to say because I said I'm not going to tell you what it means because you guys do not explain what better than Ezra means. Like I've researched this, I tried to find it. You won't say where the name came from, so I was trying to kind of dangle that in front of you, but you know then what? you basically nailed what Velvet Touch means. <laughs> Damn it! Damn it! It's so figured out the line between what is acceptable and what is forbidden. Kind of. Um, I mean, I, like it. I think everyone has a little velvet and a little edge, though. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, better, yeah, the whole better than Ezra thing. When we first started, um, people were less interested in the band when we told them the real meaning of the name. So we we're like, let's let's just quit telling people the explanation. <laughs> 
And the name is like better than Ezra. Where did you get that? Because at the time, nobody was named Ezra. No, right. no people were named Ezra. Now there's Ezra Koenig from Vampire Weekend and lots of actors and kids are being named Ezra. And um, so, but there were so many amazed people thought it was a biblical reference. Uh, there, the, the best, most literate explanation is on page 258 of Hemingway's Immovable Feast is the line that says, anything was better than Ezra learning how to play the bassoon. And well, like, why don't you guys just go with that? I think, you know what, that's it. That's <laughs> it. Well, I'm a Hemingway fan. I, I was like, you know, it doesn't get any better than the prose of Hemingway and right. uh, Immovable Feast. And so that's what it means. There's another rumor that you guys were doing like an open mic night or something, and there was a band or like some sort of competition. There's a band before y'all called Ezra, so y'all didn't have a name, so you just said better than Ezra. That sounds like the Norm Macdonald uh, Saturday Night Live episode where he said that during Weekend Update. Did he he use that line? Oh yeah, well well Norm Macdonald. Uh, well, I knew about it because it was my band, you know, in the nineties yeah. when, when he was the host of. Um, uh, we could update. Seven. He goes this this summer. College, the number one band on college campuses was better than Ezra. Number two, Ezra. <laughs> but, but delivered in a Norm Macdonald style. But of when he passed past year, you know, they, they uh, it was in the top ten of the all time top ten Norm Macdonald bits. So it was very. We got suddenly. I was getting calls from Rolling Stone and stuff like, "What do you think?" And we were like, "It's a big honor," but it was it was kind of a timeless bit. Oh my god, it's such a good bit. Got to be a part of, yeah. Well, you just sort of confirmed another fun fact from that I learned from Wikipedia today when I was researching, but that you do impressions. That do you know that's on your Wikipedia page that that is like one of the things that they list as one yeah, of your major accomplishments? That shit off. Your <laughs> Have you tried to edit your Wikipedia? Uh, no, God, I wish I could rec- ed- edit it like a lot oh, of my Google but, searches. So what happened is the w- Wikipedia was the Wild West when it came out. Just anybody could edit it. Anybody could put anything they want, like 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 my Seems school illegal. at LSAT, and like that photo. I didn't put that photo. I don't know where right. that, that's a photo from 2010, and I'm wearing like True Religion jeans. Ooh, you know, <laughs> like the old school, white, thick white stitching. Thank God I'm not oh, wearing yeah. like a Ed Hardy shirt or something. But, <laughs> oh, you know, I would have to quit this podcast. I would just say, you right. know what, Kevin, it was so nice to meet you. But you know what, Von Dutch is back. Have you I seen don't know that? how to feel about that. People are wearing Von Dutch ironically now, and it's suddenly yeah. just like people are, are kicking uh, Crocs. I know Crocs, Crocs are everywhere. Beck I, is wearing Crocs. It I Beck, wears, a, and I, <laughs> Beck <laughs> wears Crocs. Beck, that, Beck wears Crocs. No, this yeah, is does. a lot for me to digest. Okay, but do you or do you not? Are you a skilled mimic or not? I mean, they listed people like Aaron Neville, Bruce Springsteen, Dave yeah, Matthews. I, I, I've done, you know, Ezra started off at L, at LSU, and we we were we were just playing college bars all throughout the SEC. Yeah. So, so to support ourselves, rather than have to get real jobs after we graduated LSU, we 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 would play covers, you know, and we would play five hours, do set, do four sets, and so you had to learn a lot of covers. Mm. And I think that's where I just started. Um, becoming um, good at imitating, whether it was by osmosis, imitating the singers that I was, um, you know, imitating or covering, I guess. Do you, you still know, so. use this skill set? I mean, you just did. Yeah, actually. yeah, yeah. Norm MacDonald. Norm MacDonald. Uh, um, <gasps> yeah, a few. I, I, do a, I do a few. Are you wanting me to? 
I mean, if you wanted to throw something out, is there one that you can do? I'm in the studio. Of course, every every musician who does a podcast interview has to show himself in the studio. I've got a guitar. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Uh, You're welcome, people. Before this even happens, I feel like this is this is a good one. So this is the this is uh, Dave Matthews singing the Velvet Edge theme song. Stum dum day steep, stum day dum. This is a velvet sage. It's stone the velvet sage. The line between what's forbidden, what's desirable. This is the velvet sage. Dum 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 da dum dum the din and on a crash into me velvet's edge and we will make a sweet podcast. Pop 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 pop. That's it. Oh my god! That's it. There you go. Calls producer now and makes that. That, that, That's that's free. free. (laughs) You can invite. You're you're like saying you're you're saying yourself. Oh my god, that's really horrible. No, that was amazing. Dum de dum de dum. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! Actually, the first time I. what were you going to say? You go ahead. This I was going to say the first time I saw Dave Matthews was at Jazz Fest, which yeah. you are my fellow Louisianian over here. I actually yeah. just got back from New Orleans yesterday. Oh, you were there for Jazz Fest? I was there for Jazz Fest. I went this weekend. And, you know, there's something. I don't know if you get this feeling still, but I can be, like, going about in life, and then I go home for even, like, a weekend, and it, like, totally resets me. It's like it reminds me of who I am or something because I feel like there's no place like Louisiana. There, You're right. There, There's no place like Louisiana, especially southern Louisiana. Correct. I grew up in Monroe, Louisiana, which is kind of mm. – other, other than bayous, it's just any place USA, you know? Right. Um, But southern Louisiana has this thing – you know, and if you live there any amount of time or you were born there, it gets in your blood. And you know, there's that there's the there's a saying that's called local color and your native air. It's it's the part of you that when you grow up someplace, especially someplace that's so unique as Louisiana, it becomes part of your DNA. And when you're totally. there, you're actually kind of complete and really in your element and and if there's feng if there's feng shui for the soul, you know, that's a great book title, by the way. Oh my gosh, um, write that down. Write that shit down. Um <laughs> Then, uh, then being in your where your native your native air, uh, really you're in your best element. And I'm the same way. Like I go down on Thursday. Um, we're playing. We're not doing the fest this year. We're doing it next year. Okay. Um, we are playing uh, House of Blues uh, Friday Fun. night in New Orleans oh in the French Quarter. Yeah, I love that House of Blues. Actually, I feel like you guys have played that a ton oh my in God, your career. So we we played that place more than any other place we've ever played. We hold yeah. more more um, sellouts there than any other band that's played there. I mean, hopefully, you know, considering how t- many times we play there, but um, it's home, and we're doing um, we're doing our. 20, uh, 2001 record closer from start to finish. Amazing. And, uh, so I can't wait to be back and I'll be going to the fest and having my Nakedish meat pies and my crawfish bread and crawfish Monica. Yeah. I mean, literally, I do no gluten and no dairy in my normal daily life. So then when you go to Louisiana, my body is like, what the fuck? It doesn't. But, but, you, but you do do it when you're there. I have you to. You have to. I yeah, mean, I can't just, not. It just, it, yeah. You can you can if you're if you're gluten intolerant and you have all that food if you snort 
a probiotic. Oh, so snorting is the way to go. It's the only way to get into your bloodstream fast enough to counteract (laughs) the the gluten onslaught. Oh my God. Well, you and I were talking before the podcast because we actually met officially-ish, I guess, in the airport in Nashville a couple weeks ago. We both got... uh, we got, what do you call that? Like arrested by security for our bags? Well, it, 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 were really, it was a very strange meeting because no words were exchanged. Exactly. <laughs> we had masks on, only our eyes were looking. It was, it was. We, it both, was. we were both in T- TSA pre-check and we went through and they both flagged our bags maybe? Right, which was so weird because we were very close behind each other. I feel like that was a new person working the security camera thing and yeah. any bag that had anything in it, like more than one thing, they were like, eh, run it. You know, there's it, it, there's no consistency in TSA, and you can't, it, you know, it, it, I guess that's just about the nature of the beast. It's everywhere, but every time, uh, it's for me, it's always contact solution that they open uh, this bag up because I mean, it's a big liquid. I'm like, come on, it's contact solution, right? Like, what am There's I actually going to do, girl? You know, and, yeah. uh, and then uh, we were just laughing about it, but then <laughs> suddenly we were in the line for the. Coffee the shop. Uh, the shop and i stole a child's uh right i was i was thinking to myself i think i know that guy somehow and then i observed you steal a coffee from a child and i was like i hope i don't know that guy because well, what, what a thing here, uh that it really was i mean technically i was taking the child's drink but i thought it, <laughs> i thought it was my oat milk latte yeah it was actually a hot chocolate the hot chocolate so <laughs> i gave it to the kid and he was a little put off but um, yeah, I well, rectified it and went you off. You did mind. rectify. Then you went on your plane. I sat on my plane and I was like, "Oh my god, that's Kevin Griffin!" It all hit me at the same time, and I messaged you because growing up in Louisiana, I literally could not tell you how many big moments of my life like that the background music was that deluxe album. I mean, oh, I know it front to back. I'm like the uh, biggest better than Ezra fan. And so yeah. I couldn't believe I didn't ma- uh, recognize you. It, I mean, it was the mask. But yeah. but it, fate brought us together, and now you're here. So fate, the TSA brought us together. Thank TSA. you. you know, um, yeah, and you're Louisiana, and then you DM oh, yeah. me. And I was like, who is this person, Velvet's Edge? And wait, wait, <laughs> she's got 200-something thousand Instagrams. <laughs> you know, and uh, so here we are. So and, Here and we funny, are. We were trying to go through um, – just my my management, Kara mm-hmm. and my management, and then uh, the, my pilgrimage uh, is it Sweet Talk? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Jensen, I was like, I already am talking to her. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> I found you. I got to you somehow. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah. So here we are. We have all this crossover, but yes. Okay. So I have to know everything about Better Than Ezra, and also like you have a whole really? nother life now that we need to talk about, but. Um, like I said, I grew up on this album. I mean, good, all of the music. I know you guys know all these songs and it was so I love talking to it and every every musician, unless they've unless they're a jerk, yeah, loves to hear about how an an album is part of your life and the songs. Really? You never get tired of that. No, I mean if because it's so it's it's just a it's a blessing to be able to be part of someone's life and w- when you've been playing for a while and hopefully yeah. that's that's what's that's the most rewarding thing about your career in music how did i affect people's lives and wh- how did i be a part of their happiness and it sounds 
you know, silly, but it's really true. So go ahead. You don't have to make excuses. Well, no, I actually think that makes total sense too, because I would imagine it's much like anything else. Like when I do this podcast, like the content is interesting to me. I want to talk about it, but what Mm -hmm. really fills me up is when people message me and they say, oh my God, when you said this, it really reminded me of this in my life. And so it's this human connection piece that we all really, really long for. It is. And with music, I may have written those songs, um, but once you you write them and you record them, then they they leave. They 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 mm. they're a child. They really are. They go and they become part of another person's life and their and the soundtrack to their life. And they have their own interpretation of what the song means. Often a lot more eloquent and deeper than maybe what you were thinking when you wrote it. You know. Oh, and, interesting. You know, and uh, so it's just really cool to hear how songs, you know, permeate people's lives. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I had my first kiss to a better, better than Ezra song. Yes, <laughs> I think I lo- so. That's amazing. What I song? wish I could. I wish I could remember. I know. I mean, it was a really long time ago at this point, but <laughs> what I was listening further than 1995. That's what it came. <laughs> well, I was really young then. But well, I don't think. Yeah, maybe the 2000s for you, but yeah, I um. I think, I mean, it wasn't good because that was like the big, big, big major hit that everyone remembers. I used to love Rosalia. That was like, in Southern Girl, I mean, because I was a Southern Girl, it was just, you know, you make the song about yourself. Make it about yourself. You know, Rosalia was about, I I had left Baton Rouge. Um, You know, Ezra was a four piece. I did know that. And our, and our, my good friend and member um, committed suicide. Yeah. Ninety, and when that happened, what what was just a just a fun party band, you know, having you know, being, you know, you were like pirates in a in a in a custom van traveling throughout the country, you know, playing music. It just changed, you know, and I I wanted to get out of town. I'd graduated from LSU in the fall of '89, and so I, my girlfriend at the time, um, moved to Santa Fe. Okay. Uh, for a few months, and then we moved to Aspen for a year. But when I lived in Santa Fe, I worked at this restaurant. I was the worst waiter ever at a restaurant Same. called Pink Adobe. Okay. Uh, it's still there. It's a famous place down in the old town right near the square. And the, and the owner was a woman from New Orleans. Her name was Rosalia Murphy. Oh. And, and she was this very mysterious, uh, um, uh, magnetic magnetic personality of a woman and uh and she was also rumored to be a witch you know okay. and it was really interesting stuff about her and uh and so that song was written about uh Rosalia Murphy and this imaginary um uh relationship and there's also a festival it's called Zazobra every year they burn this big mat it's almost like a burning man they have this big wooden effigy it's during the day of the dead celebrations in Santa Fe and it's and they burn Zazobra, so it's wearing your mat. People dress up in, in masquerade masks. So, so that's what Rosalie is about, mixed with the oh my God. Uh, story of uh, of domestic abuse. But yeah, wow, quite the mix. Yeah, now I have to go back and listen now that I know the actual meaning because I, I don't even know that I've ever connected. You didn't want that. Quite, you didn't even want that. No, back. I want it. I want it all. But so good was the one that was like really big for you guys. Oh, yeah. And I just want to talk about you kind of mentioned this this fourth person. What because that was before any of this actually really hit, right? So what oh, yeah, was that yeah. like as like a young guy having such a loss? I've never had to go through that well, specifically I, with suicide. 
you know, um, I hope you never do. And the people yeah. who are listening who have are, are probably saying, I hope you never have to go through it. Um, you know, I, I guess, you know, as you get older, you know, I'm 53. And as you get older, you realize that life isn't about um, ifs, but it's when. You know, like, because you st- when you're, you know, in your early 20s, like, I've never lost anybody close to mm-hmm. me. I've never had this happen to me. I never had that. I've never gotten divorced. This has never happened to me. And then suddenly, oh, that happened. Well, that happened. And you look back like, wow, I've been through a lot. And the first big thing, you know, for me, tra- trauma was, you know, losing my best friend, you know, Joel Rundle to suicide, you know, and he was, and we had been friends since seventh grade and he was in Better Than Ezra. And he was just this, he was always, he always battled depression, you know, okay. and this was in the late eighties, early nineties. There wasn't Prozac. That was the first right. big, to, you know, now there's just so many and they're so, they're so uh, targeted for whatever kind of depression or or anxiety people have. Luckily, I've never, I've never had any of that. Um, but I'm, I know so many, you know, so many people who have had and sure. uh, have dealt with depression and anxiety and how they can just be a toxic mix. But Joel, you know, wouldn't see a therapist. He uh, wasn't on antidepressants and always dealt with depression. And, you know, looking back, uh, there were all the signs, you know, it's always mm-hmm. very clear in hindsight. Um, but that was tough. So I, I, that was August of 1990 when that happened by September, I was in Santa Fe, you know? Okay. You just had to get out of town. I had to get out of town. I was like, I got to get out of here. Yeah. You know, I was right across an alley from where he, he died and, Mm. and it was awful. And, and I, you know, and, and my girlfriend's mom lived in Santa Fe. So we went there and then went to Aspen and I was a, uh, I worked on the top of the Snowmass mountain, uh, at a, a restaurant called Winds High Alpine, and I I was the apres guitar ski guy in Aspen for a year, and so I went there learned, not knowing how to ski, and then ended up skiing about 120 days in one season and became oh a good skier. And then I moved off to LA, and and the rest is history. But um, right, it was it it you know it's it's crazy the things in life that are traumatic or really sad or um, that push you to that just change that alter the course of your life mm-hmm. and they turn you uh, in a new direction and, and people do that, but, but uh, events do it as well. Yeah. So did you guys think that when he died, maybe this was it music? Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. The band was just like, it wasn't even something to, to think about. It was really just like getting over the trauma of uh, losing somebody close to you. And we were just mm-hmm. so, so young and mm-hmm. ill-equipped and, and, you talk about, you know, we talk about the stigma of mental health and uh, and um, that it's a real disease, just as real as COVID or, uh, you know, a stomach ailment, you know. Yeah. It's, it's and um, but it was really it wasn't that it was stigmatized, but it was just nothing was known about, mm-hmm. you know, that and, and there wasn't the um, access and, and uh, open conversations about normalizing, talking about um, mental health. So we were ill-equipped, you know. Um, we, we just we just went on with our lives. We just kind of took a break, and we took about a six-month break, and came back in February of two thousand one and did our first show as a three-piece, and that's what kind of defined Better Than Ezra as a three-piece, you know. Um, 
it meant a lot more work for me as the guitarist, you know? Yeah. I was a, I did play like a very, you know, a Telecaster very jangly through a Fender Twin. And then I was like, I need to get serious and got a lot better as a guitarist and got a Les Paul Gibson and, and a big Marshall stack. And that really, again, that kind of changed the sound of the band, you know, and um, it, it by, you know, it had to. And uh, so, so many things happened from that moment, but uh, ultimately, you know, uh, no regrets, no looking back, but yeah, it was, it was a tough time. And, you know, you don't choose those times where you have to grow up really fast. If you know anything about me, you know, I am a massive creature of comfort. It is one of my top priorities in life to make my surroundings comfortable at all times. So when I found Cozy Earth, I quickly scooped up all of the luxurious bedding and loungewear that I could. It felt very on brand for me, but then I went on a trip with a girlfriend not too long ago where she could not stop commenting on how cute and comfy my pajamas were, which then made me realize they may also be my new favorite travel companion as well. Guys, I am not kidding when I say you will experience unmatched softness and smoothness with all of Cozy Earth's products. The temperature-regulating bamboo joggers and pullover crew add comfort and a touch of style to any travel ensemble, and their bedding comes in the most adorable totes, making it a super easy gift to give anyone. Discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. Visit CozyEarth.com and use our code VELVETSEDGE at the checkout for an exclusive 35% off and let them know we sent you when you're at the checkout. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. I could imagine. I mean, and that was something I actually didn't know either until I was reading about the band earlier. And um, it was interesting to me because 
it did. Y'all had this like gap, but then the band that I know, it blew up. And I've mentioned yeah. good a bunch of times. I was I was listening in the car driving earlier, and it's like I will never forget the ow. <laughs> like I'm not a I'm not a singer, but the, the wah part. Yes, it's just like it is such a part. I can like picture myself as a kid driving it's, around, like dancing with my friends, and us just like singing that. I mean, it's a huge, massive song. It, it is, you know, it's. Um, it is well. The the uh, the wah-uh was supposed to be a lyric. I mean, it really? was. I, I never finished the song, so I came up with the song, and I, and I wanted to. I'd been listening to a lot of Dylan, and yeah. uh, and I wanted to. And the Pixies, the Pixies were you know late '80s band with Frank Black and one of my favorite bands ever, and those Dylan and the Pixies, you know, were famous for just playing a song, and it's very obvious obvious to me now as a professional songwriter but at the time it was like a, an aha moment where oh i can just write a song with the same four chords over and over again and mm-hmm. using dynamics you know in, in 90s terms using a distortion pedal um make a song and so good was really an exercise me trying to write a dylan meets uh uh pixies meets rem song and so i wrote the song and i was and had the aha it was good part and I played it at, at uh, rehearsal, and we were opening for a band called Poi Dog Pondering, which was this band that almost made it in the early 90s. They were out of Austin, Texas, and we opened for them. And uh, we played good with incomplete lyrics, and everybody just flipped. I was like, and for this new song, even the band, the members in the band Poi Dog Pondering came out and goes, you guys are, you guys are really good. It was, a, we were hanging out, having drinks and like that one song, the, the one song. I was like, Oh my God, that's the, that's that elusive hook. And I never, it wasn't meant to be a hook. And, you know, and here I am 30 years later, still singing. Wah-wah. Oh my God. Like, <laughs> it's really funny, but that's been such a good song. I mean, pun intended, you know, right. um, it's been such it just you know it's a three minute and nine second long song that changed my life and will always be known you know I'll always be connected with that song and it's in it it's uh it's pretty special and um yeah it's the 32nd most played alternative song ever according to billboards uh, chart, really I mean really, I'm not it, surprised it's pretty nice you know it's amazing and because you, you it went, it went Unless you're some massive musician, like you're in Green Day or U2 or Coldplay, you know, you always say, oh, I wish this would have happened or, or that. I wish I could have been this or, or we should have been, you know, bigger, all these kind of things. Yeah. And then, you, then you say, wait a second. I've had I'm, – I'm, I still – I play all over the country and a lot of parts of the world playing this this music and I get to play beautiful arenas and stuff and I, and it's pretty great, you know. Yeah. And so, uh, I'm got nothing but gratitude, you know, for for being able to do it and, and still being in music. This silly thing. I, when I was in second grade, I wanted to be a music, you know, listening to Elton John, "Goodbye Yellow Brick Road," you know, uh, in my bedroom, you know, on an LP, and and dreaming of being uh, a musician and singing and just being intoxicated by music. And it was just everything. And I get to do it still. It's great. Right. It's kind of amazing when you get to make that kind of stuff a job. I feel oh. the same way about my job. What do you do? I mean, yeah. it's, people say, what would you do? I mean, what do you do for fun? My job. Ooh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I do my job. I mean, it's, it's it, so to true. A fault, to a fault. It's like, you know, my family and stuff is like, quit. They can tell when I check out, when I have a song in my head, I'll just check out. 
I, I write, I'm writing a note, an idea. Usually there's there's shitty note ideas, but you have a long <laughs> list of song titles and stuff. Anyhow, sorry. Every now and again they hit. Well, I think it's such a happy accident because literally, like I put you guys on while I was driving earlier, and it's right. like all the lyrics come running back, especially the one that wasn't supposed to be a lyric, which is just hilarious because it the made the whole song the wah-ah. Yeah, like when, when I stumble, like whenever I say something <laughs> this like not that funny or, or you know do anything that's goofy, my buddies will go wah-ah. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. And um, yeah, so that kind of means, yeah. I love that backstory. Um, well, so you guys did continue on. You had this huge career. You know what else I was thinking about when I was reading? It was like the time back in the day, like when you guys got famous, and I was because I was reading about the stuff y'all were doing and like right. the shows you would do and all the stuff. Could you imagine if that was now? Like what a difference, like with social media, like what do you think about when bands kind of hit? really big or have like a massive song like that. Like, could you imagine if that had been y'all, but in this day and age? Like, like hitting, hitting now. Yes. I think it would be, well, it would be good. It would be bad on the good okay. side, on the good side. Um, again, no pun intended. Uh, you know, your, your reach is so much greater, you know, True. we would, we would know if how, how we were reacting all over the world, and it would enable us to say, we need to be touring in Malaysia, we need to be, we right. need to be in Australia, and that, that kind of stuff. Uh, musicians these days, when you have a hit, you control so much of your destiny. And, you know, I mean, you really, I, I know young artists I work with who are, are making bank, and they put their own music out on DistroKid or Sound, or Sound not SoundCloud, TuneCore. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you can really control so much more of your career. Um, but at the same time, uh, the 90s were the heyday of the old school music uh, system when physical albums, especially CDs, mm-hmm. were selling so much. And the labels were making money hand over fist. And as a songwriter, you know, I wrote all the songs. I, was, I, I wasn't collaborating until the 2000s. So all those songs I'd written my, by myself, you know, those album, the albums were selling like hotcakes. And I was getting paid really well as a songwriter for those songs. So... So financially, the '90s was if you if you had hits in the '90s, that was the time. Right. Because now here's the deal, and the labels were making more money than ever. Now let's take that to 2022. Now that streaming, Spotify, and stuff mm-hmm. have reached that golden number of over 110 million paid premium subscribers uh, of of services worldwide of. Um, the master use fees, because the money for a song is split in two. Half of it, the money that comes in for a song is for the master use, for the actual recording. The other half goes to the songwriters. Well, in the streaming world, and that's really everything these days, right? Yeah. In the streaming world, the master use is is a nice chunk of money. That's why the la- and the label gets that. So the labels are making more money now than they ever did. It's the salad days all over again. But... Sadly, and you probably already know this, and the listeners do too. The songwriters are getting shafted. The song, so the, the URLs, the, the the service providers like Spotify are paying us a criminally low amount. So, as a songwriter, if you, so, so it's a long winded thing. But so, if I was if I was happening today, mm-hmm. you know, if Better Than Us was having their moment today, if I owned my masters, I'd be like, it'd be I'd be doing the money dance. But more than likely, I would be like most musicians and have sold the master rights to the label and only get this. So, I, so a lot of musicians don't make as much money 
on the songwriting side or for their label deals than they used to. But you do make more, you know, you, you get paid more for shows and stuff. So, you know, it all evens out. You right. know, I, I, on this, I think it's an amazing time to, to be a musician now because what I was saying earlier, you control your own destiny. You can put, if you have a great song, you can put it out yourself and you control everything. And, 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 and there's no middleman. It's just me and you. And so, right. So, but yeah. So did I answer that question? Yeah, you did. I mean, I think in the way of music and then maybe like the publicity aspect or how you can get your music out there. But then again, there's also the side of kind of being so famous and like what people know about your personal life and all of that. Like, what was it like when you guys hit? Did you feel this major step? Because weren't you in your 20s? Like, I would imagine as like a young man in his 20s, you're like ready to go. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, you know, well, the thing is, you know, we were, I was 26 when Ezra took off. We were, we thought we were too old. We used to lie about our age. Really? So we used to lie and say we were two years older than, two years younger than we were. It sounds pathetic now, but that's the truth. truth. You know, they, they say about the nineties, you know, the nineties, the greatest decade ever and no proof. You right, know? exactly. Because, because so I can imagine, you know, we were just a typical all single guys, you know, out on tour, being in a band and, and being right. the number one song and playing Letterman and Leno and and going all over the world, and it was great, you know. And we had so much fun, and and there was fun times and debauchery and all that kind of, you know. All that kind of stuff. I can't. It, it's a different world now. Bless you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, it's a different world now with social media and just the, yeah. the social climate is completely different. And I think for the most part, for the better, you know, people, um, uh, you know, it's, we're more civilized these days, I think. Um, God, that's but, giving everyone a lot of credit, I feel. <laughs> well, well, look, at least, you know, on social media, but uh, um, God, I don't know. I wouldn't want, you know, it, it was great playing a show and nobody had their phones up. You know? Right, and it's crazy now. And I love. Look, I went and saw Silk Sonic, which is Bruno Mars. Oh my god, I saw it too. It's the best concert. Best. That's the best concert I've ever seen. I feel, or like in a long time. Podcast to spread the gospel of that yes. show. Go see it while they're in yes. Vegas. Silk Sonic's the best show on every choreo. Chore, chore, what is it? Choreo. Uh, choreography. Choreography. <laughs> Yeah, I'm from LSU. That one. <laughs> Choreography, stage sets, uh, you know, um, wardrobe, banter, everything. Everything. But, um, yeah. Uh, but you can't film it. You can't film That's it. That's where you're, they make you put your phone in a little pocket yeah, thing and they and lock it, it up. Jack White, the first show I went yes. to was three years ago, Jack White. We did. A, we went to his uh, studio, Third Man, and he played. And you had to put your phone in the little pouch. And then at his show at Descend this past Saturday That's night, what I heard. The same thing. So I love it. Um, it was a lot. You know, gosh, I mean, it's just different. You know, it, I could say why it was better then. You know, but there are great things now, and and we would have capitalized on the social media and you know for sales and and touring and. That would have been fun and a little scary because I look at, you know, at the same time, you know, as a, as a, as a, as an older musician, it's funny because now, regardless of whether I've been doing it for a long time, mm-hmm. I, my, I'm still compared, you know, a lot of times people will still want to compare me and my social presence to 
a 22-year-old artist, you know, and they've got 160,000 followers, oh, and I've yeah. got 14,000. 14, <laughs> and I'm like, wait, I just sold out a Send Amphitheater, and you right. can't sell out the high watt. What's going right. on? <laughs> no. So so that's that's a little frustrating for older musicians. I'm sure. But, but, you're, but my fan base is aged out of being on, you know, Instagram or, or TikTok or whatever, you know, and so yeah. – so, but um, yeah, I can't. Im- I would prefer to have had that mo- my moment before all of, all of the. Uh, I don't blame you. I no. always say like, thank God social media didn't exist when I was in college because like I don't want any of that documented. <laughs> Could enough you was, imagine? Was documented, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, especially at LSU, which I know we have in common. So, yeah. Oh, God, mm-hmm. It was just so, so low rent down yeah. there. <laughs> you know what? I And I, that's a compliment. People at LSU, yeah, with low rent. Right. Jake, you know, I went back. I, I just played Todd Graves, who's the, uh, you know, the founder of Canes. Oh, um, my God. Yes. You no, know, I, w- I just played his 50th birthday at Fred's. No. And if you guys don't know, Fred's is a bar that's just celebrated their 30th birthday. Wow. Uh, and they are an institution. It's a college bar right off the campus at LSU. But but when I went to Tigertown and was driving there, it hasn't changed. It's just more beat up. It's oh, my more, God. More it's, like, it's like a group of dive bars. Bogey's is kind of out of it. But there's like, was Dublin still there and Fred's oh, and there. all of them? I mean, and they're all disgusting. I mean, it's you literally... Sports Illustrated, you, that's before your time. Sports, Sports Illustrated. Illustrated lasted until the – it was right next to Fred's. It was a bar. Oh, this is a bar. I it thought was you a meant bar magazine. Sports Illustrated, never mind, you know, the copyright infringement. But, right. Uh, <laughs> no big deal. It, it didn't exist. Um, but, uh, yeah, I went back and, uh, yeah, it was janky. Yeah, suffice to say, yes, I'm glad there was no um, digital proof of yeah. shenanigans and stupidity. In the yeah, night. it was a fun time, though. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just, just you know, I, I kept a lot of journals and stuff from those early tours and going through Europe and and South America on press tours. Press tours were the best because you would go, you would be flown to another country. You didn't have to do shows at night. You were just doing press in the mornings and doing TV shows and drinking a lot. And yeah, I mean, the press tour in Germany put you know a lot of uh, took off a lot of years of my life. On, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sounds like it's a fun time now. Oh, God. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. It took 11 years to get to this sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. 
get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super-comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Well, you kind of touched on the fact that you've been in the music business for so long, and I love this evolution you've had. We have a theme every month here on the Velvet Edge podcast, and the theme this month is just being in bloom. Like, you're kind of coming out of the winter hibernation, spring has sprung, everyone has learned their lessons, and they're hopefully applying and evolving into the new version of themselves for spring. And so I kind of thought of that when I was thinking about your story of just like you started in this massive band and then now you have evolved. You've done a solo record. You are a part of the Pilgrimage Music Festival. You're a founding member of that. I mean, there's all these different ways that you have evolved. So like what, what would you say still keeps you striving? Because I love that story of like maybe I'm not going to be doing this like hardcore band touring for the rest of my life. But how do I take the thing that I love and keep it going? Um, it, it really is. It, it, it's kind of a, a conscious, I call it conscious creativity. And, okay. um, and, and in 2001, uh, we had been dropped from our label and uh, we were making, we were mixing an album at Conway Studios in LA. It's a famous studio. It's at the corner of Melrose and, and St. Andrews. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a gorgeous uh, destination studio. And behind these big terracotta walls, um, there are these manicured gardens and Bougainvillea and Birds of Paradise. And there's, there's three studios. And we were there in 2001 in, the, in Studio B. And Justin Timberlake was in Studio One making his first album. And, and, and Meatloaf was uh, in his first in, in his in Studio C making an album and and a manager came up to me a guy named Alan Kovac a famous manager and he said Meat heard one of your songs and he said you know would you like to would you like to write a song for Meatloaf and and I, initially I was like no he's kind of lame now but then I ended up writing a song for him uh, a couple hours later and and it opened up my eyes to to oh there's there's a lot of different paths I can take mm-hmm. in my career. And and I became friends with the manager, and a lot of people. If you're in the industry, you know who Alan Kovac is. A lot of people roll their eyes because either, they've either had good good experience or bad experience. I had a good experience, and but he said, Kevin. He told me pr- these really wise words. He said, Kevin, he goes, look at what I got. I got real estate. 
I got, you know, movie production. I got management. He goes, you just got better than Ezra. He goes, you're, you're a smart kid. Diversify. And mm-hmm. so throughout, and so starting there, I started writing songs for other people. And so, I, and I started kind of like asking myself, what do I have to do to continue to evolve creatively, um, to bloom, if you will, and and stay engaged and relevant and um, inspired. Mm. And um, and so I, I'm all I, and I realized it was a, it was a matter of me continuing a, a creative education, always being inspired and excited by new music and new technology and new ways to to get your music out there and embracing things and 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 always pushing away the you know the killer of creativity, which is cynicism, you know, and and just staying. Um, is wide-eyed and excited about this love of music that I always have been. And, 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 and so with that said, how can I continue to challenge myself within this industry that I've, I've been in for 30-plus years? And so it was, it, was song, you know, it was being in a band, being a solo artist, doing a band with Mark McGrath and, from Sugar Ray and Emerson Hart from Tonic. We call it Ezra Ray Hart. We just played the NFL draft you know, to a big party out on Las Vegas Boulevard on Thursday night, um, I, you know, hey, why can't I pub? Why can't, it, you know, it, my whole career has been about the question, why can't I do that? You know, yeah. you know, it, it's so, you know, I, I want to, I can publish somebody. So I got a JV with BMG and, and published some writers and had number ones for Florida Georgia Line and, and Morgan Wallen and, um, you know, managing an artist. Uh, and then, you know, in 2013, um, uh, you know, running the day after Thanksgiving out to Harlan Hill Farm, you know, across the fact from the factory in Franklin, Tennessee, and mm-hmm. going, oh my God! And you appreciate this being from Louisiana. I I was out there catching my breath, and I was like, where am I? This is a 250 acre farm in the middle of in the middle of the arguably the coolest small town in America, Franklin, 18 miles from downtown Nashville, and mile and a half from I 65. I'm going to do a festival in Middle Tennessee like Jazz Fest. Yeah. And so my two partners are, you know, from New Orleans. And the, the whole idea, the DNA of pilgrimage is Jazz Fest New Orleans, you know. Um, and so, so you know, it's really – I just continue wanting to grow and, and how can I continue to, to challenge myself, scare myself, and stretch myself uh, in this crazy – creative journey you know i've uh we were talking earlier i've uh, i turned uh, i started doing sp- speeches about mm-hmm. you know being creative and what uh, about six years ago I, I did a speech for ypo which, which those are young presidents organizations yeah there's, there's over 500 chapters around the world of these uh organizations that are members are, are all ceos and i think you have to have so many millions in gross revenue it's like a they don't like hearing this but it's kind of like a fraternity for millionaires <laughs> i'm not a member of the, i'm not a member of this fraternity uh, but i did a speech for them um it's rare that that anything good comes uh in a bar after 2 a.m especially during mardi gras in new Orleans. <laughs> you know fnms yeah, of course. It is. So, oh my gosh! Yeah. So, so this big part of my life started at 3 a.m. at F and M's, waiting in line for cheese fries. A friend mm-hmm. of mine, a guy named Brady Wood, who's an entrepreneur from Dallas, was in town with his YPO group, and and I was like, what, what, what is YPO? He told me, and I ended up doing. This. He said, well, you should do a speech for us. Let's do one this spring. So, so I did a speech for them about 
kind of like the tools I use to stay creative mm-hmm. um, in, in a story arc of my career and with the hits and the, and the crazy stories. And, uh, and it turned into this thing. I started doing speeches. I, I took the speech and, I've, you know, Live Nation, um, Witch Witch, uh, New York Life. I just I do these speeches and I've turned it into a book. So that comes out. It's finished. I'm just doing the uh, Brown Books puts it out. Uh, they want it. We may do it this fall, but I think it's going to be spring 2023. So, so along with an answer, just I, I just love challenging myself. If I yeah. feel like I'm getting in a rut and getting too comfortable, I'm like, what can I do? And it's also, you know, it's also like I, I'm. I wake up in the middle of the night going, you know. Am I doing enough? Am I making just like anybody else? You know, those like, am I making enough money? What am I doing? Right. You know, that kind yeah, of thing. yeah. You know, because I'm still hungry. I'm still, I'm, you know, I'm always been driven, and um, so I, and it's and it's usually about challenging myself and doing something. So my my blooming is is continually. How do I take the the kernel of what I know really well, which is music, and and the tree that you know the family tree of music how can i do everything within that family tree other than dance oh you know, okay you, so that's you where you draw the line it, huh well <laughs> sadly no <laughs> <laughs> not sadly, in new orleans at 3 a.m i bet <laughs> no i've been up on that i've been on that pool table dancing before you know <laughs> i bet you've been on that pool table too uh every friday night <laughs> i mean this is why i'm really glad social media did not exist Nelly was at Jazz Fest this last. Yeah, Nelly was at Jazz Fest this last weekend, and I was like, "Oh God!" Speaking of Tigerland, I mean, back in Nelly's heyday was like when I was in college. So, like, tore it up on those pool tables. Wheeling in the back. Oh yeah. Um, I was wondering too, because you've had such a hit, so many hits as a songwriter. Um, I had no idea you were a part of Howie Day's Collide. I mean, that song was a massive, but so what does it feel like? Is there a difference between when it's your song, you're performing it. And then when you give it off to someone else, like, does it feel the same? Do you feel different? Like, does it feel this as like, what does the success feel like? I guess. I think it, uh, it's great. Because mm-hmm. because um, uh, you realize that you don't have to be on tour to support the song. You don't have to wake. You don't have to sleep in your bus in the parking lot of the uh, you know the radio station and do the morning show. Right. You, know, you can just sit back and you know that that was a fifty fifty song. You know and and collect your royalties. Um, and it's really good. And I think every musician, you know, again, I go back to you know unless you're. Chris Martin or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, every musician wants to wants to be known for something more than just their band. I'm not just yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm relevant. I'm still relevant, kind of thing. So I think for my ego, it made me feel like you know, like hey, yeah, I'm in that band better than Ezra, but I'm the hit songwriter. You know, yeah. and so it gave me a lot of confidence. And you know, as shallow as it is, I'll be the first to admit that I have a big ego. And so it was, felt nice. And that was 2006. To say, look, I got a number. I have a number one song, you know, and, yeah. and so I think it was really gratifying professionally to know that okay, I'm not, I'm not just, you know, on one hand, a shallow side, you know, I'm not what I'm not just a person who had hits. I, I have current hits, um, but it was really gratifying because, you know, um, 
I'll always sound like me singing and I'll, and, you know, mm-hmm. and Ezra, you know, and I can't escape that. I have certain chord progressions and things I do that sound like my songwriting and, and I'm, and I can hear it now. My friends have heard it for a long time, but, but so it's really nice when I write for an, another artist, I really kind of be, get to become a chameleon. I think there's two kinds of songwriters um, who collaborate. They're, they're, they're the songwriters that when you write a song with them, it sounds like that songwriter. Like I, mm. I, I can hear when Ryan Tedder has been a part of a mm-hmm. song, I can tell Ryan Tedder or, or Jack Antonoff, mm-hmm. you know, from Bleachers. I can hear when he's part of, I'm like, like I heard the new Spoon song. It's called Wild. I was like, that's, that's Jack Antonoff had to be part of that. And I looked up on Spotify, you know, it's like Jack Antonoff. But then, then there's the songwriters who are kind of chameleons who, who listen to a, a, an artist and like, okay, how can I, it goes back to me being a good, uh, well, I do impressions, whether they're good or not. <laughs> but but I'm, a, I'm kind of an impression, a chameleon in that way. And I, I love listening to an artist. Like working today, I was writing with an artist up in the, in the nations, you know, outside yeah. in Nashville. And I, I, you know, on the drive there and last night, just listening to their music and how can I get in their head and make what they do better, hopefully, and come up with a great hook that they dig. So, um, so, so to answer your question, long-winded, you know, it's it's really gratifying, and it keeps me writing for other artists. It makes my songwriter, my songwriting for me, fresher and mm-hmm. it stays relevant because I'm always listening to new music and I'm writing with artists who are in their twenties. Yeah, you know? and I, and and I love and I love it because I'm into the music they're making, and so when I'm writing my own music, you know, it rubs off. It's just osmosis. Oh, yeah. If I'm writing a song for this. For this person who's, you know, like dream pop, you know, um, you know, uh, it comes off in in a better than Ezra song or a solo song or something like that. Yeah. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super-comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. 
Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. I just love it because I feel like it's, you know, I feel like we put this pressure on our life, like get successful in your 20s or your 30s or whatever. And then like I've had this story in my head, I'm about to turn 40 and I've been like, well, I'm done, I guess. Like this, I feel like there's this message that I got somewhere that was like, oh God, life is over. And I had um, this fashion designer on the podcast, Norma Kamali. She's 76. Yes, I've heard of Norma Kamali. Yes, she's fucking amazing, by the way. And she dropped so much wisdom on me. But she, um, I told her I was about to turn 40. And she, I said, I just have this like story in my head that it's done. And she started laughing. And she was like, I was like, why are you laughing? She was like, that's hilarious. Because she said, you know, this is, it's a constant evolution. And we take the little pieces we learn along the way. Like you've taken what you learned in better than Ezra and doing all that stuff in a group. And now it's evolved into a songwriting career and a publishing career and a music festival and writing a book and all of these things. But it's not like you lost that initial learning. Does that make sense? It, it totally makes sense. And look, just like I was saying earlier, you know, when I was 26, I thought I was too old. Right. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, my God, you know, we haven't been signed. It's all over. Yeah. Nothing I can tell. There's nothing I can tell you that won't make you feel that feeling when you're about, you're sure. about to turn 40. I'm, I'm turning 40 in July. Yeah. You're, well, you're a baby. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, but, but, you know. Uh, th- that's just that self-imposed thing, and maybe it's drive, or maybe it's society puts these things, these these fake narratives in our mm-hmm. brain about we should be this when we're a certain age. Man, I have been a late bloomer my entire life. Yeah, it, it really. I write with people who are eighteen years old, and they're so fucking good. I sucked when I was eighteen. Yeah, I, you know, it took me a while. I mean, my everything I've done, it's it's because of is repetition and mm-hmm. perseverance. And not quitting. Mm. You know this. I mean, this, yeah. it's, it's a bit, it's a world of no's. It's a world yep. of no's, especially if doing what you, I want to do this. I want to be a podcast and I, and I have this drive. Or I want to be a songwriter, a musician, be in this band. Mm-hmm. And, and you just deal with tons of people just saying no. And you just have to believe. It's not the best. It's not the most talented and the most, the, and the most intelligent people that make it. It's the people who are just a little below that who don't yeah. quit. You yeah. Know? And uh, so – you know, through your through your life, you're always racked with self doubt. I'm like, what am I doing? I should be here. And look at my look at that. My peers, they're so much more successful. And this is, I mean, here's a great example. You, you gotta, you also have to have a good sense of humor. Like Thursday night, Ezra Ray Hart, that kind of band I put together. My this, according to Rolling Stone, last month, a semi super group. That's what they call it. <laughs> semi. We, we, it's a little we, bit we, like shots fired. Oh yeah! Oh no! Of course, they're, they're gonna give it. They're gonna give me shit. They can't yeah. see the fruit, you know. Um, but uh, we were playing this this you know this amazing private event for the NFL draft at the Bellagio, and it's super luxe. And we flew in first class and did it. And then fast forward two nights later, I'm playing with Ezra at the Louisiana State Fair in Shreveport, and it's raining, and it's just <laughs> shitty. There's there's 40 people out there. Yes. Nobody knows about this show. And it's just like, what the fuck? Calling yeah. my man like, 
And it, look, don't get me wrong. It was a great payday. But I'm like, we never need to do this again. This right. Is, <laughs> this is Let's bad go. luck. This is not good for my self-worth. Right. <laughs> but, you know, you just laugh, you know. So it's ups and downs. You're like, man, this is, you know, so-and-so doing this. But And you just keep going and, you, and you're evolving. And like Norma Kamali said, you know, as, as you get older, you're like, wow. It, it's a journey, and it's just yeah. these new evolutions, these new seasons in your life, these new challenges, always, and it's just fucking great, you know. And I'm more excited and engaged than I've ever been, and it's it's really cool. At the same time, I I just love, you know, I'm so appreciative of the of of the career so far, and 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 um and where it's taken me, and the lessons, and and the ups and downs, and the you know this the. the tough times too yeah i mean it's like you said earlier the tragedies sometimes teach us the most too so i've been in a season of kind of like a hardship so i think that's why i was like oh this is over but now that i'm coming out of it and i think actually like culturally we were all kind of in that with the pandemic and stuff but it really does feel like okay what have i done so far what can i take from that and then what's next like there's just always this it's a whole world out there you know how do i want to take what i know and my skill set and keep growing and keep growing and you know and always believing that you you have the ability to have a second chapter and a second yeah. act, and a yeah. third act and a fourth act and and you know hopefully as you get older you get more self-awareness and you know and you can you know take inventory of yourself and saying what is mm-hmm. what is an asset and what is holding me down totally. you know you know yeah. and uh and and hopefully those things happen to you in your life where you have to have a you know a gut check and say this I'm not going down a path I want to go and how do I change that up and that's when mm-hmm. those are the, the tough moments are the moments you grow mm-hmm. you know you know yeah that's been true for me for sure well let's talk about what you have coming up because I know pilgrimage is in September, September is that right 24th and 20th Caitlin is like get to pilgrimage <laughs> His publicist is on this call too. <laughs> um, yes, Pilgrimage Festival. We're about to have yes. our eighth, our, our technically our eighth uh, festival, um, September twenty fourth, twenty fifth at the park at Harlandsdale Farm in Franklin, Tennessee. Who is headlining this year? Uh, Chris Stapleton. Loves. Yes, Brandy Carlisle. Amazing. The Avett Brothers. The biggest Grammy winner of the year, John Batiste, a Louisiana boy, a Louisiana man, so yes, guy. Uh, uh, and and a host of others, um, L. King, Love um, Molly Tuttle, uh, better than Ezra. Oh, it, it, it's a it's an amazing <laughs> lineup this year, and it's really you know every year we we wanted Pilgrimage Festival to be a multi genre festival. Um, just like Jazz Fest, yeah. You know, and if you look at the, our history, whether in our past we've had everybody from Willie Nelson to Beck to Holland Oates to Dawes to Dr. John to Justin Timberlake to Eddie Vedder, the Killers, the Foo Fighters, Marin Morris, Keith Urban, it's it's all across the map. And 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 some of our peers are like, oh, what are you doing? You know, you mm. got to be one thing. Um, and we were like, no, let me see your pot, your Spotify playlist. You know, let me see what you listen to on Spotify. Ah, it's kind of schizophrenic. People totally. listen to all types of music, and, and the unifying thread needs to be that it's authentic, that it's just good. You know, it's just like we were talking at our session today. You know, whether you like pop music or not, 
you have to admit that Harry Styles is fucking great. Oh my God. He's the best. You're like, who, who doesn't like he's Harry Styles? So good. I mean, you yes. hear some indie hipster and you hate everything. You got to, unless you're just a douche. Right. You got to say, <laughs> fucking great. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Great. Yeah. He's great. You know, and there's, and so Justin Timberlake or, in, you know, just, you just, just greatness, you know? Yes. And so that's really what, that said, this year is, I think, just kind of happenstance and the way it, it the way it all shook out um, this year is kind of our most cohesive uh, lineup. It's very Americana this yeah. year, and it has some great classic country in it. I'm really excited by this lineup, and 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 the ticket sales have been great, and we're just we're thrilled, you know. And Amazing. it just gets more. It, it you know we have so many elements uh, of the festival that I'm excited about. Yeah, I've been a couple times, and it's always amazing. I'm coming this year. So well, now you know you somebody, there. Right? Yes, yes. I cannot wait. I actually love also the time of year that it is because it's a really beautiful time in Nashville. The so, venue is easy to get to or the field. What do you call it? A field? The park. The park. The, the park. park. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's just easy to navigate, I feel. And, and, and you wouldn't think it because it's, well, now it's they just finished this three-lane road, three-lane road out, and then there's Liberty Pike, which kind of hits it perpendicularly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ingress and uh, egress is amazing. People get in. That's technical, uh, yeah. Kelly. Or, uh, getting in. <laughs> egress, egress. Hey, it's but that matter. actually matters. It does. It does it matter. It matters. People remember, and f- people are brutal on social media. Oh, it's I always bet. A couple, it's a couple, three people. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, it's it, it's just, you know, it's a farm that could hold 80,000 people. We limit it to 25,000 people. Mm-hmm. Because we want it just to be fun and lots of elbow room. And you know the the cool thing about Harlandsdale is that the the buildings are on the historic register. The the the, the farm itself is a headliner, and yeah. uh, and we just have you know it's not only a celebration of the great music of Middle Tennessee, but it's of the great artisans and the makers and and the food and the libations and the local distilleries and it's just it's a deep dive into Middle Tennessee. Yeah, for sure. yeah. You I can think go it's to com, Kelly. <laughs> Did I say that? Pilgrimagefestival.com, you guys, in case you didn't hear that. But yes, tickets are still for sale, and um, it's September 24th and 25th. Am I getting that right? September 24th and 25th. Okay, so go check it out, especially if you just want to take a trip to Nashville. I do think this would be a good weekend to do so. Oh, my God. It's a great weekend. Yeah. Stay in for a whole week. The weekend before Pearl Jam plays at Bridgestone. Stay for the week. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it doesn't get much better than that. App it, bookend it with Pearl Jam and Pilgrimage Festival. Sounds amazing. We plan their trip. So, yeah, you guys let us know how that goes. Um, Kevin, thank you for being here. I'm so glad I met you in the airport. I'm so glad that we we didn't really meet, though. It was just. It was like an anonymous meeting. Yes. But but I knew. Yeah. You know what it was? It was a Louisiana thing. It had to be. We recognized that. It's like it's, even in the know, eyes, you can just see it. Even in, in the eyes, they have a really dark, twisted past. Yeah. <laughs> they must be got a little out. Cajun in there. Yeah, they, they, they've danced on that pool table. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. And you know how to say chapatulas. See, there you go. <laughs> um, where can people find you? Do you know your Instagram handle? You said yes. you're not really okay. <laughs> oh my god, I'm, I'm sadly into it. Sadly. Oh, good. Yeah. This is good. Let's. Let's talk about it. It's Kevin M. Griffin okay. at, at Instagram and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, man, you know, I don't do TikTok. I just, 
I otherwise I would never, either. I would never work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, you know, I, I post on Instagram and then I shoot it to Twitter and to Facebook, but, okay. um, uh, you know, as Ez- Ezra better than Ezra, um, has a new album coming out this fall. What? Yeah. So Ezra, How did I missed this new singles, a new, a new album coming out. Oh my God. This is exciting. I, I don't really want to say the name, but we're not saying the name. When, when is this coming out? When is this going to air? This is coming out next week. So you probably want to, oh shit. I, I can't, yeah. I can't. <laughs> new album's coming out. Um, pilgrimage festival, um, uh, a book in the first quarter of 2023, then I'll be going out solo and I'll be doing a book tour around the country for Amazing. it. And, I, okay. and, you know, I'd love to come back on the podcast. And yes. Talk. I actually would love that because what you're talking about in that book, I was going to ask what it was about, obviously, but I love the idea of just diving into all the creative uh, suggestions you have. I think people really need to hear this. So, yes, we'll have you yeah, back. It'll be a whole podcast. The book's called The Greatest Song. Okay. And, uh, it's a parable about a songwriter. Amazing. Well, yeah. we'll have you back on. So this was just an introduction for you people, and and Kevin will this be a, back. This is a moose bouche. Yes, with little appetizer. <laughs> this is the lanyap share. There you Wait, go. Where, where, where in Louisiana are you from? I was born in Lafayette. Lived there till I was eight, and then Baton Rouge through LSU, and then came straight uh, here. And what was your what was your major at LSU? Public relations. Public funny how things go. Then uh-huh. I moved up here and started doing hair and makeup and styling. So, yeah. <laughs> the rest is in history. Fashion. The rest is history. history. And here we are at the Velvet Edge. Yeah, exactly. Now I have a new theme song and everything. So <laughs> I'm going to have to hear that because I think I could have done a better job. <laughs> I'll send it to you. <laughs> um, hey, thank you so much for having <laughs> me and continued success. And, and I'll see you thank in a couple you. more festivals. Cannot wait. And thank you for being here so much. I know the people are going to love this. And we will have you back on really soon. Yes, I would love it. Thank Thank you guys for listening. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.